think once I go live, people start kind of flooding in. I just got to hit my brand if it'll let me do that. Uh, yeah, I will. Hey guys, well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest to me today. Um, my next guest got referred to me by um, a friend of mine, Jim Gerard, who you guys know. He's been on the show. He 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 gave this guest high regard for what she's doing in the consciousness community. And who I'm talking about is Casey Carr. Um, she specializes in uh, spiritual awakening, Kundalini, out of body experiences, ET contact crystal work. We're going to actually be going over some of her um, ET photos that she has of uh, like these photos with beings. Like I'm going to share my screen at one point and we'll, we'll go over that. And, and then also um, if you guys have like questions for her, you know, you can, um, you can put your questions in the chat, like questions on spirituality, questions on Kundalini, out of body experiences, ET contact, what, uh, more my make make over binaural beats and because she I know she do, she does those too, um, but a little bit more about my guest Casey was born in Las Vegas in the 1960s. She was raised and spent most of her life there until the early 2000s when she began. She moved into Santa Monica area of Los Angeles to study more closely with a spiritual teacher. At this time, she had been meditating, practicing, and studying yoga multiple decades, and had begun a service of teaching herself. Her spiritual disciplines were beginning to culminate in the Kundalini activity in 2009. She had an awakening. The awakening centered strongly on the out-of-body experience. She discovered that since childhood, she had been traveling from future points in time, both in this, this and beyond this lifetime. She was visiting herself at past points in time, creating time loops. Wow. This activity brought her attention her involvement with ET beings. The ET beings brought to her attention with her connection with crystals and a capacity to work with them for communication purposes. The skill had been laying dormant and now she was being reactivated. It allows the crystals to act as an extension of her own consciousness. Through them, she is able to render in a visible format what is generally invisible, like ET beings themselves, an example, and infinitely more. Wow, this is going to be a fascinating show. Wow, that, Casey, uh, give, let me give you a big warm welcome. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Thanks, Rob. Yeah, good, good. Thanks for having me on. And a warm thank before you. We, yeah, so before we get into how this all started, when I went over your bio, something really, really shook me. So you had your Kundalini awakening in 2009, right? And that focused on the out-of-body experience. But then you realized you were having these out-of-body experiences. And it says you were going from future points in time to visiting yourself, uh, can you explain that? So you were you were you were experiencing time loops. Time loops. It took me a long time to to cognize the fact, uh, more than a decade actually. But yeah, it it began through the OBE. I began um, seeing a series of of activity uh, that was essentially time travel. Myself from future points in time was going back in time and visiting myself in the past. However. Um, I was doing this from an expanded state to a point in the past where I was likewise in an expanded state, meaning in an OBE. So I would simply close my eyes, go in and out of body, travel to myself in another point of time where I was also out of body, <laughs> having an out of body experience. And I would interact with myself in the etheric frequency bandwidth. Yeah. So as an example, as a very That's old, as a very what? old person, I'm going to say over a hundred. This was my very first experience that I cognized. I went back in time as my Earth person. I think um, I went back and visited myself when I was seven years old, and I was having an out of body experience. And I was standing outside my house, outside my bedroom window, looking in my bedroom window at myself. <laughs> and, and the older version of me came up from behind me and placed a hand on my shoulder. Uh, this initial experience was remembered way back when I was still young. It was one of those dreams I had, <laughs> quote, dreams that I never forgot. I, I had a, a couple of them. But then after my awakening, when I started consciously shifting out of body, I caught myself also going back to points in time from an out-of-body state to myself at a younger age while I'm in an out-of-body state. Yep. 
this is amazing. This is fascinating. Um, how do you think you were able to achieve this level of high, such high astral travel? Like, it like I'll give you an example. Okay, so I I, I realize I, I I listened to a couple podcasts you did to try to prepare for this. Like, and you know, like nobody mentioned this in your other interviews, and I don't know why because this is fascinating. This is so fascinating. Time travel is one of the and 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 when you mix OBEs into it, because I've always thought that like time and space aren't linear that they don't really exist and that everything that is happening is happening all at once. Maybe past versions of ourselves are merging with present versions of ourselves, and the decisions we make on a daily basis affect obviously our future. It, it forms our reality to some extent, right? Our thoughts have a, a, a reality. But what I was going to say was when you started having these out of body experiences and like, did you, how do you think you reached such a, oh, here's what I was getting with. I, I remember I kind of went off on a tangent there. <laughs> but what I was saying was like, when I tried to do astral travel, I listened to binaural beats, like like you do, you know? Um, but I listened to like Hemisync binaural beats. And then I was trying to meditate all the time. Like, I, I don't know what level of spirituality I would say I was at, but, you know, I was starting to come out of body and then I just kind of gave up on it because when I, the one time I, tr I tried to go out of body, I encountered en entities, you know, and it freaked me out a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I, I, uh, I was a bit like, so I guess I was going to say, did you ever experience that? And like, how did you achieve such a high level of astral travel? Or do you think that came naturally? Okay. That's a huge question. And there's at least a dozen points in there, but let me start here. Um, I come at this from the perspective of seeing myself as a professional spiritual student. And I began my spiritual disciplines when I was still in my single digits. So I discovered yoga, I discovered meditation, and all of that started back then. Okay, when I first started going out of body in meditative states, uh, I didn't realize I was going out of body. It took a long time for me to cognize the fact that that's what was happening. I felt I was just meditating. I felt I was doing my discipline, Atma Vichara, uh, the practice of asking yourself the question, who am I? Um, so I'm not thinking of things in terms of galactic space, CT contact, out-of-body experience. None of that came until later. <laughs> I'm a spiritual student. I'm meditating. And I'm having meditative expanded experiences. So when they started, um, I would just notice, one, that I could meditate for extraordinary lengths of time, uh, three hour lengths of time and more, but three hours was a very common length. And in this three hour period, I'm doing what a yani does, not what a yogi does. I'm doing what a yani does and that's noticing. I have a so, question. What yes. is a yoni? A yoni is, well, you know what a yogi is, right? A yogi is somebody who practices yoga. And a yeah. yoni is someone who practices yana. And this is uh, uh, more of a, a, a uh, quick words. It's more of a mental discipline. So okay. it's, a, it's an awareness on awareness discipline. And so in, in my practices, uh, I would begin noticing. And one of the things I began noticing was that things that should be present in the experience uh, weren't present. For instance, I'd be laying in my room or sitting in my room doing my practice. And in my room is a clock. And back way back when, clocks had second hands that always made a loud tick sound on each of the seconds. <laughs> so... I would notice that the sound of the clock wasn't there, but I was wide awake, right? So these are my very first perceptions of entering the OBE and entering them um, consciously from a conscious state, just slowly entering and noticing what happens through the shift. For instance, physical space stuff going away and etheric space coming stuff coming in. So that's sort of how it began. In 2009, when I was awakened, this was a whole new level of the experience. This is my inner being merging with my physical being and causing the OBE. <laughs> so it's not me trying to go out of body or me trying to have 
expanded experiences. I was never trying. I was simply doing my practice. And it just, it just came to you. It's just something that came naturally. It, yes. As you practice meditation, the meditations are going to deepen. And, and that, that leads to expanded states of awareness, which can eventually lead to out-of-body experiences. Meditation itself is the entering of an expanded state. It is exiting the beta frequency bandwidth that we use here in physical 3D, earth life, physical space, and entering those additional frequencies, what we know are the as the alpha frequencies, theta frequencies, delta frequencies, gamma frequencies, okay? That is the expanded state, okay? So you're expanding from that beta bandwidth where we're sort of locked in, right? <laughs> into those additional frequencies. frequencies. Like the theta, you're going into a theta state, right? Uh, all of them are included, uh, going into alpha states, gamma states, theta states, delta states. Yes. Did you ever see that thing called the muse? I don't know if you ever, I, I had Buddy Bolton on, he's a remote viewer. He has one. Um, they, you put them on your head and you can change your brain waves or you measure your brain waves. Have you ever seen those? Um, br briefly, I don't know if I've ever seen the muse itself, but I've always just done it naturally. Just, That's amazing. Uh, just close your eyes, put your attention at the brow, pay attention to the fact that you're breathing. And if you can hold that state for, I'm going to say a minute or two minutes or three minutes, well, things are going to begin happening. But most people can only hold it for a second, if that, um, you know, before distraction starts coming in. So that's what meditation's for. It teaches you how to focus the attention and hold the attention still so that you can begin noticing more of what's there than what you normally do. And, and this also kind of shows that out-of-body experiences, you're kind of proof that out-of-body experiences are, are kind of a spiritual thing. Um, the, who would agree with you on this is Marilyn Hughes from the Out-of-Body Foundation. I interviewed her and she says that like the mystics and sages of back in the day, they all used to astral travel. So it makes me think that it's a, it's not a religious thing, but it's a very spiritual thing. It's like that someone has to be of sound mind, body, and spirit to partake in an out-of-body experience. Or would that be correct? Well, an out-of-body experience when done consciously is a conscious shift from one reality space into another reality space. And because this occurs, as everything does in consciousness, yes, it's all spiritual. There's nothing that's not spiritual. <laughs> What do you? Th what are your thoughts on since you time travel? So, what are your thoughts on like the theories of time and that the fact that maybe time might not be linear? And do you think we might be experiencing all this at, at not all this at once, but like, what what are your thoughts on the parallel realities theory? I have only questions about time. Many, 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 many questions about time. <laughs> um, it's, it's, more, it's, more along the lines of not is it linear or not, but. What is it? Where where did it come from? Who had that idea? I want to meet the designer of that idea. Something more like that. Um, that tends to be where my curiosity goes. Because we had a question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that everything in time and space is created. They're ideas, you know. And there's a creator behind those ideas, you know. And then what fundamental reality are they based on? You yeah. know, and I, I like going into the internal networking of a thing rather than the external surface or, you know, sort of visual presentation of a, a, a particular drama, which is what most people will engage in. But I want to know the internal working of that thing. Um, we had a question from the chat. Um, it was from Rox Rachel. She's a subscriber. She says, would you recommend to try? She, I think she's referring, I know she's referring to meditation. She says, would you recommend to try this when you're not tired? And would it be a good idea to let the mind think while eyes are closed and ready to nap? Okay. So at least six questions all in there in one. Would you recommend to only try this when you're not tired? I would recommend that you have formal practices and informal practices and that in each of them you experiment. So this whole thing is about experimenting and exploring as new ideas pop up and occur to you. Um, there's a benefit to, to engaging in your practice when, uh, 
you know, not tired, of course, but that tired state that puts you right there on the threshold, <laughs> right there on the threshold of the beta and alpha. So it has its uh, um, uses also, you know, so both, both are good. Uh, both are good. But uh, in order to get to the point where you don't just knock off as you cross that threshold, yes, you're going to have, a, have to have a disciplined practice where you go in with all of your energy and impetus and uh, be ready to pay attention. That's so cool. It's so interesting. I, I love talking to you. You're, you're like a master at this stuff. Now, I'm going to rewind a little bit and I want to talk about Kundalini experiences. Um, is it always, is it good for any spiritual practitioner to have a Kundalini experience? And what kind of state do you have to be into be ready for something like that? Don't you have to, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, don't you have to be kind of ready to experience this? I heard, it can, I've heard horror stories where it's went yeah. bad for, for people when they've had their <laughs> Kundalini experience. Is that true? Or? Uh, yes, it is. Um, it's not for the meek at heart. Uh, it's something that will only happen when you're ready. Uh, being ready for it is um, a boon, <laughs> meaning having some experience uh, entering a state of neutrality. Uh, most people in 3D physical space are, you know, either positive or negatively oriented. Um, a combination of both with a predominance toward one or the other. Uh, and you can create all kinds of anomalies with both of those. So learning how to enter a state of neutrality, i.e. non-judgment, uh, is going to allow you to access your own biological system and its central nervous system, what I call your back body guard, because your, <laughs> your central nervous system will not allow experiences to take place in your conscious state of mind if your biological structure is not ready. Why? Because your biological structure can get brought down if it's not ready. And that's what a lot of those experiences are depicting. So you want to get into that state of neutrality through a practice. Uh, uh, you know, your disciplines could be any of a number of things. I like Shavasana, dead man's pose. So going into, you know, literally the state of death. I liked pranayama and working with the breath and breathing patterns, very specific breathing patterns that open portals for me. Uh, as you're practicing them, you'll learn what mm, the cosmos and galactic space is composed of. Um, so all of this helps ready you. You know, sitting in meditation, Atma Vichara, just asking you the question, yourself the question, who am I? And not answering. <laughs> this is the practice. So um, it's opening to the answer, but not yourself answering that question. And so it's holding yourself in a state of wonder. Now, what do you, what do you, do you have you heard of like, people being able to activate their kundalini like i i don't i don't i don't know if this is for sure, for sure or not because i'm when it comes to like kundalini and yoga i'm very uh beginner at this stuff so you'll have to excuse me but i heard that deep there are people who can activate other people's kundalini on almost on demand is this do you from someone who's been practicing spirituality for as long as you have do you think this is realistic I don't know. Um, you can activate energy. Uh, the Kundalini is entirely different. It it doesn't heed our command. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you could explain that, I, I, it's it's interesting. Like it, it it acts on its own, right? It it affects the body when it wants to, right? And it it, it is literally the intelligence of nature itself. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, like, I mean, what is the connection to our divine spark, if that makes sense? Like, what is it? What is it going to show us? Like, what is it going to? What kind of change? What is it going to show us, and what kind of changes is it going to make if we, if we, if we experience it? Hmm. Well, it alters you. There's either liberation at the point of what we call death, right? Where we get to 
liberate ourselves from this field and go out into a wider experience. You can either do that at the moment of what we call death, or you can do that within the lifetime in the body you're in. And what happens in a case like that is this body is entirely restructured while you're in it. <laughs> and yes, again, not for the meek at heart, uh, not for somebody who jumps easily into judgment, not for somebody who's still playing um, a duality, uh, a drama of good and evil, of battling, you know, no, 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 no. That's going to, well, it's one road. Uh, it's a long one. Uh, I don't see how that could be successful in a single lifetime. You, you want, uh, in the event of something like this happening, you need for it to be successful within the incarnation that you're in. And so we can ready ourselves for Kundalini, but we cannot ourselves activate it. That's that's so interesting. Um, we had a question from the, the chat. This is from what you were referring to before. Uh, this is from Three. She's a great person. She says, what is the cosmic and galactic space made of as you experienced it? Consciousness. Consciousness is what composes everything. Period. Yes, we can break that down in, in, into, into more detail, but basically consciousness composes it. And do you think like consciousness comes from the source and like, um, and, and to take that even further, would you say that it's just, it's something that comes through our filter and our brains kind of a filter for it? In very loose terms, consciousness is awareness. And there's nothing that happens outside of it, right? No, <laughs> that's deep. That's really deep. Yeah, because There's, it's trying to it's trying to figure out the, the brickwork of our reality. What what exactly is a reality? Do we live in like a matrix type reality simulated? And what exactly is consciousness? It's something we know we have it. We know it comes from somewhere, you know. But it's like what what is it? It's so hard to put your. It's so hard to wrap your words around. And for me, it is. I don't know at least. Yeah, there's a level of it which is behind what I'm calling awareness. I'm just stepping this down into something that we can collectively understand and therefore discuss. So if we stayed with awareness, most people have an idea of what it means to be aware. And that's what we're in right now. A large, infinite awareness. And what we ourselves are, our person, is a point of awareness in that awareness field. That makes sense. That makes sense. So we're all the same. We're all experiencing the same thing. We're, we're, we're all from the same. Like we're, all, we're all experiencing a singularity. And this is what you begin learning through the OBE. That there is the, the, uh, the visual presentation of there being space between one thing and another thing one point of attention and another point of attention is an illusion, right? And then your central nervous system has to process that. Uh, I mean, this means something more than what it seems like it means on the surface. Uh, I know that I went into shock when I first realized it, not gleaned the idea, but had the full realization of it. <laughs> Right there in the middle of my experience, I went into shock. My body went into shock uh, because that I knew then meant there was no privacy. <laughs> and that's huge for a 3D Earth-like person, right? Um, it means that everything, all that is, good and bad, is right here and has access to me. <laughs> That's, that, that's so interesting. You have to process all of that information. And then you have to also discover how that's true and how that's not true. And, you know, all the all of the details associated with it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, I'm see, I guess so we could get into your... Um, oh, what, what I wanted to ask you was, did I ask you this already about isochronic tones and binaural beats for meditation and out-of-body experiences? I figured since we were on the the topic of like the Kundalini and out of body experiences and consciousness and stuff. Maybe we could talk about that because 
I mean, I, I would say that like the binaural beats definitely helped me as far as like, just like being in a better state and meditating. They did help me with out of body experiences. I think if you get the right binaural beats, I think you can, you can go far with them from what, from what I've experienced, but I still haven't been able to have full blown out of body experiences. I've gotten close to where I popped out of body, but I got sucked back in. And like I said, one time I saw entities. Um, but, uh, do you use the binaural beats? I love binaural beats and I, I use a, I don't use them a lot, but there are times uh, they bring a particular energy, a particular frequency, a particular kind of experience that I sometimes enjoy. And, you know, I can feel that in my system when it's time for me to reenter it. And so, you know, I'll get out my binaural beats, but I use just one binaural beat and it's a very specific one. Um, something audio resources. Uh, he, he was, he had a whole internet thing set up when he very first began, you know, way back in like 2009. He's, he's not online anymore, but it was audio resources, something audio resources. I can't think of it, but his particular one works really good for me. I've never tried any others, but let's dive into what a binaural beat is and what it does and why it works. So for anybody who may not, be very familiar with what they are, um, you put on headphones and sent directly into the um, hearing centers of your brain is one tone on one side and another tone on another side. And what this does is the tone will meet in the middle and in that space in the middle, you get this opening, this portal. Uh, and what that portal is, is the literal differential between the one tone and the other tone. And so you can create this in any number of ways. Binaural beats is just one. Um, you breathe, I'm gonna give you an example, in a very particular way during your day. And if you simply do a breath that's any different from what you normally do, you're going to experience the differential. And in that differential is a wide open space, something that you, you're not used to normally experiencing. And if you can notice inside that differential, you'll find yourself inside an out-of-body experience. You'll find yourself in a field, a frequency out beyond the one you normally experience. And it does have occupants and you will have to be ready uh, for that. However, it tends to happen in that way um, as you become ready. So when I first started going out of body, the first thing I saw was not other beings. It was the absence of the sound of the clock. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was I was readied in, in these ways. And then all of a sudden I would start hearing something like a door squeaking and closing, you know, which I knew wasn't in my physical space because I was the only one there. <laughs> right. And so your central nervous system gets prepared in, in, in these ways. I think the only time that something happens to deliberately scare us is when we're not ready. And it's just like, go back home until you're ready, start doing some practices, start preparing yourself more. Um, and, you know, then dive into something like this. So the way to dive in to begin is, of course, to bring back data from your dreams. How do we, and then what do you think dreams are? I, to, to take that a step deeper. because. Well, and what I was going to say is they seem like they could be parallel realities sometimes. Like I've talked about this in past podcasts. I feel like that in dreams, sometimes like in the dream, like if you're with a girl, you can smell her perfume. If you're about to eat something, you can smell the bread in the oven. The dream seems as real as this reality. So it makes me think, what is this reality or is that reality real? What do you think? Well, it sounds like your your group, uh, your inner being is already working on this aspect of the shift with you. And that is um, learning how to use the concepts of reality and dream synchronously. So when you would normally use the word dream, instead use the word reality. And where you would use the word reality, instead use the word dream, but use them to mean the identical thing. <laughs> because they literally are. Oh, that's so cool. So it is another reality. Because did you ever, did you ever see, like, would you ever notice, like, when you're in a dream and you'll, you'll see people in your dream and you're like, oh, I know these people. But then you think, wait, I don't know them in this reality. You know them in that reality. 
but you're not, you're, you're, this conscious mind's not putting an end to it because it seems like maybe we have a filter between realities. Like maybe the human body isn't supposed to know that much. You know what I mean? Like, like, well, like do you filter, think some... The filter is the defining of them as something different. And the reason we do that is because what would you find yourself knowing if they weren't different? You'd probably find yourself knowing exactly what I found myself knowing. <laughs> there is no privacy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So, like, so entities, whatever, can peek in on you all the time. That's what you're saying. Have to you, are watching you, are helping you, and some are trying to be sneaky. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to know that, your central nervous system has to be ready. Hearing it is one thing. Letting yourself experiencing it, that's a whole nother one. Yeah. Um, that's when you have true realization of, yeah. of what these things mean. Yeah. Because they mean more than what they look like on the surface. I, I was just wondering, what do you think, why do you, or why do you think that I um, saw uh, shadow beings as I was about to go out of body? I was, I was, I was laying in my bed, I was meditating. Mm -hmm. And then as I, I could see that like reality was starting to change, like I was starting to shift mm -hmm. out of body. And mm -hmm. as that was starting to happen, like I saw these shadow entities and it looked like they were, they were looking at me like they were like waiting for me to pop out of body so they could body snatch me. That's, okay. that's what I got. Cause I got scared because I wasn't. So that was the you idea know. you were having as it was happening. Um, remember that what we're all experiencing is a singularity. That singularity is consciousness uh, within consciousness is a field that we call mind. And in that mind is a field of creativity. We create in there with our thoughts. There's nothing outside the self. So it's not like there's anything out there trying to get you. It's that in here, you had the thought and it manifested in the field. <laughs> so you experienced your very own thought. This is the thing. And it's funny when you finally get it because you start you know, having the kind of thoughts that give you those kind of experiences. And again, that's what practice helps you get out of the very bad habit of, yeah, going into judgment, dropping into fear, um, you know, and creating that kind of experience for yourself. That's so interesting. Um, now, I wanted to get into your ET experiences because this is another thing that you you have, and we have pictures. We're guys. We're about to show you. I'm a, I'm going to share my screen whenever as she gets into her story. Maybe we can we can do that. Or if you want to start talking about your ET contact now, and then I can start the screen share and and start bringing up the photos if you want me to, and you can kind of talk over it if that's okay. Well, the photos that you're about to share. Is another mm, representation of consciousness and what consciousness does. So the reason that I can bring these beings through, mm, and the reason I can bring them through a crystal <laughs> rather than a cell phone. Uh, well, I use the cell phone to get the photos, but the beings are coming. Uh, the transmissions are being sent through consciousness and refined through the crystal and then captured on a camera for other people to see. And the reason that I can do this is because I understand consciousness is the reality. And I can literally transfer the contents of my consciousness from one field through the mean of the crystal and show you. That's amazing. What, what kind of crystal is this you have in your hand? Can you see the picture? Is, is my screen share working? Um, it's trying to load something. We have the spinny thing. But this is the crystal okay. I use for the most of the crystal work. I can use any crystal. But Isa is who came to me specifically for this work. This is my comms device. <laughs> We're intricately linked. Um, and there's almost too much to tell you to start going into about how it is, you know, we use the crystal for this. But I have um, videos all about it uh, on the website, which is consciousnessexploration.com. Our group's name is the Galactic Travel Channel for this, which will grow to be an apparent reason. Um, and really, that's all we can really say. So right now, I just see myself really big 
Are we going to show the beings? Uh oh. I think we lost Rob. <laughs> we'll just wait for him to come back. Is or maybe uh, there you screen, go. Screen share didn't work for some reason. We I got I got kicked out, so we'll just have, we'll yeah. have to go without it. But sorry, you were saying um, you were showing the crystal. Can you show that again? Oh, yep. So this is Isa. Isa is a citrine quartz crystal, but she's a very light version. She's barely citrine. You can think of her just as a quartz crystal. Citrine is a kind of quartz. It's usually much more amber than this. Um, That's amazing. That's there's amazing. various characteristics that help her, you know, be perfect for the work. That is some areas of clarity, some areas of inclusions, and a huge rainbow cluster at her center, which gives a lot of the color in the frames. All of those things together just make her perfect for this. But I can and have and do uh, use a variety of other crystals too, including crystals that have no clarity whatsoever. I usually get the, the images in the reflecting surface of the crystal as the light hits it. And that's how you see the ETs? Um, well, I see the ETs in out-of-body experiences, but I see them much more and much more clearly uh, through the crystal. And the OBEs, because so many of my experiences um, involve being on craft on the table getting examined um there's yeah only so much attention i have for collecting data <laughs> so would you would you say your your would you say your experiences have been positive or negative with those beings that have, abdu have abducted you um my experience is my own and my own is a state of neutrality um i have uh leans toward the positive and leans toward the negative end of that, especially when I enter a state of uh, confusion, not understanding of having so much to absorb, I can't quite get it done in the instant that it occurs. Um, you know, so I create the additional fields, some of which are entirely false matrices <laughs> um, with my incorrect thinking. Yeah. Uh, but what's happening at the core, remember all, all that is, is the, the creator, consciousness. The, the creator is everything. And the creator is allowing the experiences we're having through the torque we spin with our own thinking, you know, which is telling creator where we want to go with our experience. And so uh, we are the architects and designers of it. It's not like it's happening out there. It's happening within our own consciousness field, within our own structures, within our own thinking tendencies. That's uh, so hard to explain to people, but there is no reality outside the self. Self is all there is. So what am I creating? I'm creating um, an expanded state, uh, more knowing, uh, <laughs> Can I ask you this? Are these the grays that are taking you? Would you say it's a, because the pictures that you have are different? The pictures look like they could be some kind of um, different kind of being, or maybe that's just how they're showing up in the crystal. About being that I've never seen before, but it, what yeah. it looks exactly like to me, what you have a picture of is interdimensional entities. That, that's exactly what it looks like. It, it looks like some kind of interdimensional that you, but you're being taken by something different, right? Well, everybody defines interdimensional and galactic and manifest in so many different ways that that's sort of hard to dive into in itself right there. However, um, I can say that I have brought through hundreds, approximately 500 of the beings through the crystal so far. I can say that um, they're all me. <laughs> they're additional frequency versions of 
me, the majority of them. Uh, some of them are close associates, but the majority, myself and additional lifetimes uh, happening around the different spaces. Um, uh, a high percentage of the beings that are here with me are not ones that we're familiar with. They're not Pleiadians and <laughs> greys. And although um, there's a species that we're familiar with, you know, like great tight beings, but they're not the ones from Zeta Reticuli, for instance. Um, there are reptilian kinds of beings. Uh, however, they're, you know, not the empire. Um, they could come through, don't get me wrong, but um, they're, they're, they're existing out beyond our solar system and experience space. So we're not yeah, familiar. Oh, I'm they're sorry. Being, I'm so sorry. We don't know the names of the species of these beings, many of them. They're pretty, it's pretty amazing stuff how you're able to capture this. What I wanted to say, guys, if you have questions for Casey on yoga, kundalini, out-of-body experiences, ET contact, crystal work, binaural beats, any all, any or all the stuff we talked about, put it in the chat now and I'll get to it. I'll read off your question. It's a way for you guys to interact with the guest. I like what we've been doing lately where I put out the questions or you guys put out, I mean, I get a lot of the questions myself, but then I let you guys interact with the guest and then it, it makes it more fun for you guys because you get to interact. And then it also makes it funner for the guests too, because they get a wide variety of questions. So um, and we don't get any bad questions. They're all, my audience is really smart. But this was an interesting one. Three also asked, like, what is done to you on the table? Is it is it bad? Is it good? Is it neutral? Okay, my state of health is looked into often. Um, when conditions are developed within my body, they're addressed and eliminated. Uh, some of what happens are upgrades. Some of what happens are, um, I, I'm just going to call them links or portals. So there's portals that I have within my own consciousness that link me to where I am and certain other frequencies, certain other dimensions. And those portals are worked on, uh, uh, made to do more things, uh, uh, made to capture and collect more data here on my end in 3D Earth life physical space, things like this. That's so interesting. Um, I, I was I was gonna say someone else asked like what color are the beings that you photograph? Like, can you see them when you when you look at them through the crystal? Can you see a color? I think someone asked were they are they blue beings? Sometimes they're blue. Uh, yeah, a lot of blue beings have come through, um, and blue through the crystal and actually in life experience space is 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 rare. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. It's always nice when a when the blue comes through. Yeah, but some of the beings are blue. Uh, Syrians have come through. Uh, Syrians come through a lot. I'm highly connected to Sirius and the um, lion and more cat-like beings, the felines. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I was going to say, that's what those look like. They, they look like, uh, like a, um, let me see here if we have any other questions. We were uh, trying to put up Shaw, and Shaw is not a blue being, but um, what is the name of that? race that is a race that were the yeah Arcturians. he's Arcturians. I, I, no i think that shaw is yayel um that was the picture that we were practicing with yeah what do you mean what, the... or we came on and you were practicing to see if we could show the photos the photo that you used that was shaw and shaw is yayel the one with oh. the that's so interesting. I wish I wish I could get my screen share to work. If I could get my screen share, I'm afraid that what would happen was my screen froze. Do you think I should try it again, or do you think sure. I don't want it to freeze up again? I'll, I'll try. Let me see if I can get it to work. Um, I'll try one more time because I'd love to share your stuff here. Oh, let me see. oh I closed my I, well, I closed my email. Let me see if I can pull this up. Mm -hmm. while, while you guys are waiting, we can try to show you these photos. Also, if anybody wants to see them after the show, if it's something we're not able to do, 
there's a page on my website simply called The Beings, and you can go there to see them. You can click on them, and that'll take you to our forum board where I actually write a little bit about them. Uh, and or you could watch any of the videos that I have on my channel that are about combining consciousness with crystals. Um, show hundreds we, of had, we had a question from Rox. Rox asked, is there a way of knowing if a crystal is dead? A crystal is never dead, as you are never dead. Consciousness is all there is. It's all we're ever seeing. It's all we're ever experiencing. It has no beginning. It has no ending. All of that is illusion. Um, I don't know if anyone will like that answer, but... <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's good. I, I, and then for them rights, is there any info on shadow work and and what's that about? Hmm. Yeah, shadow work is big and it's necessary and that's a part of what's going to happen when you start uh, practicing meditation and, on a regular basis. And uh, But you can also approach shadow work, of course, simply from itself and diving into those uh, parts of yourself that were disliked and pushed down there. Again, the shadow is not outside the self. The self is all there is. So what we're talking about when we're talking about the shadow is our shadow. <laughs> I'm going to give an example. Um, when I was younger, I was raised by my father in a house full of boys. And I was raised through the 60s and 70s when it was uh, far superior to be male than female. And so I acquired this bias and pushed my female self down into the shadow to be more male <laughs> um, in order to be more liked, in order to fit in, in order to have more fun and all of that kind of stuff. Yes. So that was something that was down in my shadow. It's not something that was there. The shadow doesn't exist prior to us. It's, um, it's here to accompany us uh, in the a terrain of free will. So I get to say whether I want my female self to be up here or not, or whether I want to push that down and emphasize something else, right? And so the shadow is there to help collect that. In the same way that we have a dark shadow, we also have a light shadow. And so, um, and everybody likes to enter the light shadow, right? You know, this is our our, our angelic self. You know, everything that uh, we've done that uh, we hold in extremely high regard. Um, everything that helps us that we like to utilize to live what we would call a successful life is there in the light shadow. And so we access that a lot without even knowing it's the, the dark shadow that we don't like to go into, but we need to bring all of these back into the singularity. Um, and in 3D physical space, we are that singularity. Our, our person is that singularity. So we have to mm, explore the shadow, find out what's down there and resolve with what we've put down there. Uh, bring it back into its accuracy, its accurate light and, you know, stop judging it and pushing it down under the bar. You just, so you talked about our shadow and this is a little bit different, but what do you think the shadow people are then from a paranormal aspect? Like that's something totally creepy, right? It's very weird. <laughs> Um, if you're seeing a shadow, you're just, you just haven't filled in the details. So could it be a remote viewer? Could it be a, an entity? Could it be a, a spirit or all the above? All the above. It could even be an idea, uh, which. Oh, like a topa, like a thought form. Which is what everything is really. Everything is created with thought, with idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're just seeing the shadowy outline, it's just because you yourself haven't filled in the details yet. And usually that'll be because you've made a judgment, dropped down into fear <laughs> and, you know, are now afraid to confront it. You're thinking it's something outside yourself, outside something that you yourself have done, um, have, have made, have put there. You know, and so again, this is what meditation does. It helps us hold a still and, and open and clear mind. Um, uh, the thoughts that come, come and go, you know, they, they cross the mind, but we don't grab onto one and put it there in the field. This is what we normally do with our thinking mind. But again, in meditation, we learn to 
neutralize that very bad habit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rox says, uh, Rox commented, she says, shadow work, isn't that just feeling more of our heart's reaction to everything and not the mind? <clears throat> so like, like dream and reality, learn to use those two words synchronistically. Yeah. To mean one and the same. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That, uh, that makes sense. I don't have any other. Oh, my, my, I just wanted to say, uh, and my friend, my, this is my girlfriend, basically. She said, I'm not basically, I don't know why I say that. She is, Nikki, she says here, she loves Carl Young's work on info on shadow work. Yeah. Did you follow that as well? Um, well, I never studied Carl Young in depth, but does Nikki want to tell us what exactly she liked about it? Nikki, if you want to talk, if you want to put that in the comments, we can, um, we can, uh, we, you can, you can, you can, you can definitely leave that. And if anybody else has any questions and do, do you like this format better, Casey, like getting questions from the subscribers, subscribers? Cause then it's fun. I think it's funner for everybody. It's like you get to interact with the get the, 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 the fans, they get to interact with you, you know? And I like either way. Yeah. Either way. Um, yeah. it, it's fun to also dive into people, uh, like if we were having the interview here ourselves, I would be able to dive into you and help you find out where your curiosities actually are. And we could have a whole nother kind of discussion. Um, I don't think we have to worry about running out of questions. Uh, I would ask one, have you ever seen anything like this? Do you, do you, and all of the people that you've met, because you, you meet a lot of us. Have you met anyone else that's engaged in this work? It's just like, not 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 anyone i mean well yeah i guess a lot of people but um it's hard to it's hard to not someone who's exactly doing what you're doing you have a very niche uh you know because you you're doing i mean i know i know a lot of people who travel out of body i know a lot of people who have kundalini experiences i know a lot of people who have et contact but um what you're doing but able to see the ets through the crystals that's something very special you know, and I even know a lot of people who do crystal work too, but I mean, I've never met somebody like, and specifically like you, and you have a really in-depth knowledge of like what consciousness is and awareness and expanding our awareness and like in altered states, you know? Oh, and what I wanted to ask was- and filling, I, in, and filling in details because we just mentioned that, I will mention that. When I first started doing the work with the crystal, using the crystal as a communications device, much like you would use a phone for FaceTime, for instance. 